This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Study Break. My name is Melody, and today I am here with my friend, Ian. Hi guys, so I'm currently a senior, uh, and I go to high school, and I'm from the California area, and um, I don't know, I feel like one thing that you should know about me going into it is that I try to just be uh, very open-minded about new topics, so I hope that during this conversation, we can just try to bounce off of each other, and we we have a very good conversation about um, about our topic today, which is toxic productivity. This is definitely a topic I've been wanting to talk about since forever. Honestly, all the topics so far that I'm releasing this month, they're all like things I'm really, really passionate about. But today we're going to dive into toxic productivity, as you've probably seen from the title. And we're going to be talking all about those productive morning routines, study with me's, everything like that. So we're going to be focusing on the content that you'd see on social media. Hopefully we can dive into things outside of that, but that will be the main focus today. So first of all, to get us started, let's talk a little bit more about those 4 a.m. morning routines, because I see them all the time, whether it's on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram. I swear there's so many lifestyle influencers that are like, I wake up at 4.30 a.m. every day, and then I finish, like, everything before 9 a.m., and then from there on, I go to work, and then I come home, and then it repeats again. So what are your thoughts on this? I know. I've been seeing them a lot, too, especially on my TikTok and Instagram, and even for a little bit when YouTube was still really popular. I saw them on YouTube a lot, and honestly, the first thing I thought when I saw this is, how unrealistic is that? You know, as a busy person myself, I can find it hard to structure things into my into my schedule sometimes. But to wake up at, you know, 4 a.m., like 3.30 a.m., like, I just feel like that's honestly not very realistic for most people. And I think it definitely sets an unrealistic expectation for what type of people we should be. And uh, I noticed one thing recently that I think kind of perfectly encapsulates this is that we start to think of ourselves as machines, right? Like, we have to get up at a certain time. We have to be productive. Like you have to do this, 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 like it's almost like you're leaving no space for you to be human, like have the bad days and have the good days or the days that you just don't want to do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a really good point to bring up because I feel like when you watch those videos, you expect like, oh, your life looks like this every single day, 24 seven. But they never show the bad side. Like occasionally there are a few influencers that are like, a day in my lazy day routine or a day when I feel like doing nothing. And those are the kinds of content I really like to watch because it's realistic. You know, not every single day I can get up and do work for the entire daylight time. So I always feel like you're right. You know, there is this sort of idea where we do become machines. 
And I feel like there's one part of it, which is just the idea of working because it's aesthetically pleasing, right? You start comparing the amount of time you work versus someone else, and then you feel better about yourself for working. Right. I totally understand that. And I really think the comparison issue is the main problem there. Um, I don't know, like when you go into those comment sections of those 4 a.m. morning routines, all the people in the comments, there's some people that make fun of it and they say, oh, how unrealistic is this? This doesn't make sense. Like normal people aren't like this. But there are a lot of people who compare themselves to that and see it and think, well, why aren't I being this productive? You know, like, is it bad that I'm not like this or am I wasting my time? So I definitely feel like it can be the cause of a lot of people feeling bad about themselves for what they do, even though, you know, everybody has a different schedule that works for them. And I don't think everybody can just fit their routine into this exact mold. Exactly. Because we all have such different lives, you know, like if you're working night shifts, there's no way that you're going to be waking up at like 4am because that's probably the time you get home, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's just really annoying honestly I'm just gonna throw it out there it really does annoy me when I see people saying like oh this is how you become productive like the only way you can be productive is if you wake up at 4 a.m if you go to the gym by 6 a.m and if you get everything done before 9 a.m right I totally understand that and honestly as somebody who personally I wouldn't consider myself to be the most productive person and I guess the reason that I think that is because I see these unrealistic routines and think that I should be like that. But because of this mindset, I often compare myself and I feel like, you know, why aren't I, why aren't I as productive as those people and could I be doing more? And I feel like it's the cause of a lot of anxiety for me. So sometimes like I'll just be in bed in the morning or like sometimes it'll be on a weekend. And I just think to myself, like, I get this impending doom on myself like am I not doing enough do I need to be doing more like am I allowed to relax and to be honest at this point I still don't really know and like a lot of people feel this way too and obviously people tell themselves it's okay to relax it's okay to not do anything sometimes it's okay to have those down times but at the end of the day everybody I feel like still has that voice in their head that says like you should be doing something you should get up and go do something or else you're not productive or you're not really being a valuable person Definitely. That's so true. Comparison and reflecting back on your own life. You got it spot on. That's all I can say because um, whenever I come home, like I do a million things in a day. Just going to school, by the way, is all like teens biggest accomplishment. I feel like we don't talk about that enough. We're like, oh yeah, it's normal to go to school, but you go to school for like six to eight hours a day, depending on how many classes you take. And then you come home and do like minimum of two hours of homework. If you're an honor student, you probably do like five hours of homework every single day, plus your extracurriculars. If you're in a sport, like there's so many things you do in a day, yet it becomes so normalized. True. I definitely understand that. Like, honestly, in my opinion, I've thought about this sometimes. When you look at adults, even a full-time job is only, you know, eight hours long. And I know a lot of people don't work eight hours. And actually, a lot of people nowadays, they work longer than eight hours. But still, you have to think about the fact that we're out all day. I mean, we wake up. uh, Personally, I wake up at 6 a.m. in order to get to school at 7, which is early enough already. And, you know, we have sports added into that. We have 
different extracurriculars. We have clubs and we have this and we have that homework and everything. And then we just don't even think about the fact you're so right that we still have that school that's anchored in on our day. That's just eight hours of us learning new things. So it's like to put all of those things together and expect somebody, especially somebody this young to be able to handle all of that. And in fact, make them feel like it's normal for them to go through that or they shouldn't be complaining or telling them, oh, it's only gonna get harder. I don't really know if that's really the best mindset to put them in, especially because those people and me included, I feel like I'm working really hard. And I honestly, I feel like a lot of times young people aren't appreciated for that. Definitely, yeah. And the one thing that you pointed out that is just like, it just hits different, you know, is the fact that older people, they say that, oh, it's going to get harder, like you shouldn't be complaining. But you're right, I think we should be valued more and just appreciated more, because we do work really hard. And like, even reg students, okay, I know, like, there's so many stereotypes saying people who don't take honors classes are usually less intelligent or they're lazy, which is completely not true. You know, like, yes, honor students do get more work and they do spend more time in school, but that doesn't mean you're, you can assume anything else for those taking regular classes. Plus going back to the whole time management situation, I feel like a part of that also comes from college apps, like the expectation you put on yourself and the amount of pressure you put on yourself to get into a good college. Because honestly, now the only way you can get into those elite schools is to do a million things at once. Right. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was actually sitting at dinner and I was talking to my mom about going to college and of course we were having that talk that I think a lot of kids have with their parents you know the where are you gonna go what colleges are you applying to and I remember just sitting there being so stressed about whether I was going to get into a college that I wanted to get into or the colleges she expected me to get into and I had this like dread going over me and honestly I didn't even want to eat anymore and um, I know a lot of people don't really relate that to productivity at first but the reason that I feel like they're so connected is because you almost force yourself to be productive because if you don't, you're constantly, you constantly feel threatened with the fact that you might not get into a good college. And nowadays, I almost feel like that threat of not getting into a good college also means the threat of you not being successful or you being poor or whatever. And like, obviously, none of those things are like wrong per se. And it's very, very valid. And very okay for people to not get into a good college. I mean, I know plenty of people who go to community college or don't go to college at all and they're perfectly fine. But I think there's just this societal expectation that's placed on you that makes you productive to the point that you can't even handle it. And yet you don't wanna stop because you feel like if you do stop, you're doing something wrong. And especially like sometimes my parents will show me their family friends and be like, oh, look at what college her daughter got into or her son got into. And I'm like, okay, well, but that's not me. And it almost makes me feel, again, more pressured. Like I have to work harder. I have to do more so I can at least be them or who's going to be disappointed in me or who's going to feel like I could have done better, you know? Exactly. And you start feeling guilty about yourself and also experience imposter syndrome at the same time. Like mm -hmm. it, It's really weird because you get all of these emotions at once. When you're placed in that situation where you feel like you need to work even more, 
you experience burnout, but you don't even realize it because you're just constantly pushing yourself even more. Again, with that whole idea of toxic productivity, because you see what social media has in front of you. You're like, okay, this girl got into Harvard because she won a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she's cured cancer and she also comes from a millionaire family. So you're like, okay, well, I'm none of that. Um, how exactly will I get into any school? And then you just start doubting yourself. But then like sometimes you become overconfident. It's really weird. It's really weird. Right. <laughs> and I'm so glad you touched on that millionaire family because I noticed that this productivity issue um, hurts people who are underprivileged more because you don't think about the fact that some of these kids have to go to work after school and you know, it's not just about what they have in school, it's also what they have to do after. So maybe having a job, like I know a certain classmate that has two jobs right now. And like, I can't imagine how hard it is for them to have to juggle that and also having to juggle their regular life, let alone the fact that they have siblings that they might need to take care of because their parents are at work and all of those worries. And um, I have another friend who she feels even more pressure about having to get into a good college because she feels like it's her duty to support her family and she has to be successful or else what's going to happen to the rest of her family. You know, she needs to make good money and everything. So I feel like people who don't have as much money, they have this really big insecurity that they really need to push themselves harder just because they need to support the people in their lives that they care about. Yeah. And that brings up toxic productivity on a whole nother level when it becomes internal, like you be, you have that internal pressure to push yourself to work extremely hard as opposed to what we were talking about earlier with those external factors of social media and your peers, your teachers, your parents, your family. Um, so I think that's really interesting just talking about underprivileged students too. Um, I am actually a low-income student. I don't know if you know this, but um, it makes me work a lot harder. And yes, I do have that mindset of I have to get into a good college so I can get a stable job and support my family because that's honestly the reason why I work so hard, right? Um, if I never had that mindset and kind of just thought like, oh, school is whatever, I don't care about it, then I would just, you know, be living my life. I wouldn't give myself this much stress. But because you have that mindset, right, it goes back to toxic productivity. You push yourself to work endless amounts of hours. You look up to those social media influencers who are working 25-7. <laughs> right. Yeah, I totally understand that. And like as a student as well, sometimes I look at those people who, you know, get into these amazing colleges and they feel like they're living the perfect life. Like, I'm like, how do you have time to like be in this amazing college and study and yet like you take care of yourself and like you look great in all your Instagram pictures and you're going out and eating brunch with your friends. Like, how do you juggle all of these things at once? Like, I don't have time for anything. So I look at those people's lives and I'm like, wow, like, how do you achieve that? But sometimes you just need to realize that, especially what you see on social media, it's all, uh, I've heard this quote one time that social media is a curated image of your life. And I totally think that's true. You know, it's just what you choose to put out there. And especially on Instagram, uh, I think this is the main culprit. You only put out the amazing parts of your life, right? Me included, like I don't post my terrible pictures. I post the pictures that I like of myself, but I think it leads to a lot of false expectations for people about what their lives should look like. Even though, even for those influencers, 
a good deal of their time isn't spent doing all those fun things, going on trips to Bora Bora and everything. A lot of their time is actually working, but they don't want to show that. And that's where a lot of people kind of have that misconception. Because if you look in their comments, it's like, oh, you did nothing and you got this and you got this and you got a free trip, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, it might be easier than, say, being a doctor, but, you know, you still have to put in work to it, right? And then the thing is, going back to how social media is just a curated compilation of your life, it's so true. Like, I'm not going to go on social media and post a video of me crying and then just leave it there, you know? <laughs> like, can you imagine if everyone just started using their phones and recording every aspect of their lives? Like, yeah, that would be so much more realistic. But because it's realistic, no one would watch it, right? It's really weird mm -hmm. how we as consumers have that mindset where we only watch the videos or the content that we strive for, even though we also know that it's extremely unrealistic. Right. And I think there's also a big difference that comes between what social media platform that you're using. So Instagram is definitely, to me, the most fake one. Like people edit their pictures, people edit their lives, like they only post the perfect things. But I think one of the big intrigues about TikTok and why it got so popular in the first place was because I definitely feel like it's much more down to earth. And yes, people still on there, they're only posting like good things or things that they think are funny, but at least it doesn't feel as fake. Like I definitely feel like TikTok is a little bit more realistic about how it decides to portray people's lives. And trust me, I've seen some of the most ridiculous, crazy things on TikTok that I never thought I would see on social media, but there is a platform for it. And I think the reason why so many people go on TikTok is because they do feel like it's more relatable. And I think there's definitely this shift recently um, which is why those, you know, toxic, productive people are starting to get a little bit more like hated on, I should say, is because people are starting to realize that being fake or, you know, having this perfect image of your life isn't realistic. And that's not really what people want to see anymore. And that's also a huge part of why I'm doing this episode, because I know and I've experienced this myself where I had this expectation to be perfect. You know, I've talked about this a lot on my podcast, the idea of perfectionism and to always do things right and to never fail because failure is embarrassing and all of that. Um, and a huge part of that comes from social media. But then understanding and speaking out about this issue makes it feel more, I guess, human. Like you just feel like, oh, they're they're feeling like this, like, Social media is fake. I think that's the, <laughs> that should be the title today. Social right, media honestly. is fake. <laughs> yeah, it's all a lie. You were lied to, guys. <laughs> no, but really, um, I just feel like definitely people aren't portraying what real life really is. And like, even in school, like what you just talked about, like how stressed we are. I never like go out and post on my Snapchat or post on my Instagram, like, hey guys, I'm really stressed right now. <laughs> But like, I really am stressed, you know, like, mm -hmm. I remember literally a week ago, I was about to take a history exam. And I woke up that morning. And I immediately was stressed, like I woke up stressed, mm -hmm. which is such a great way to wake up, mm -hmm. like the best morning, right? So the whole morning, my heart is beating. I'm like, am I prepared for this? This is the first essay that we're writing of the year and everything. And I remember I just put so much like thought and so much like care into it and 
I know a lot of other kids are like that too, because they feel like, well, if I don't do well on this, it might affect my grades, which might affect this and that. So I really thought a lot about it. But one of the things that really helped me um, get over that was just thinking about the fact that, yes, while it is important, at the end of the day, it's just a paper. It's literally a grade. Like, I know it's sometimes easier said than done to not stress out about things. But I mean, to be completely honest, I'm just walking into class, writing on a paper, and the teacher grades it. And, you know, however I did is how I did. But I definitely understand people who um, are very divided on this issue. And the issue is definitely two-sided. Like, I'm saying this right now, being like, you shouldn't be stressed, but next week I have a test and I'll probably be stressed about it. And that's totally okay because, you know, even though we know better at the end of the day with all the societal pressure and all the personal pressure as well, it's a lot easier said than done to just, you know, forget about it all and just be stress-free. I can completely relate especially in my freshman and sophomore year, I had this huge, huge, huge pressure placed upon myself where I was like, if I don't get all A's, I'm going to cry and then I'm never coming out of my room. I'm going to go into a deep depression and I'm going to push everyone away from my life. That was literally my mindset. And I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get my crap together, you know? Right. <laughs> so quarantine happened and I think that was when the major shift for me also happened because I don't know why but I kind of just became more lazy and then I stopped mm. caring so much about my schoolwork and every time when there were tests that's when I would panic but then every right. other time I would just you know be living a normal teen life and then after that experience it really shifted my perspective that's kind of how I became more chill about test taking mm -hmm. and all of that but of course just like what you said earlier it, like in the next week on Tuesday I have my first psych exam but I'm already panicking inside so, <laughs> so I think there is definitely a sort of hypocrisy here where we say one thing we act a different way or we act one way and then we say something different so it's really about understanding your limits I feel like you can be extremely productive, but just know that you don't always have to be productive. You can give yourself off days and you can be stressed about your tests. Just don't stress yourself out to the point where you're deteriorating your mental health, but also don't be too chill to the point where you don't care about anything. Mm -hmm. um, I want to touch on what you said earlier just now about, um, about how quarantine kind of changed your perspective on things. Uh, quarantine definitely did have a huge effect on me and a huge effect on me and my thoughts on productivity. And I remember before quarantine started, I was just like any other student, especially in honors classes. Like, I, I guess I'm an honors student, right? So I was like any other student. I felt like, you know, I had to study and I had to do all my homework on time. And I did very well, actually, at that. And then all of a sudden, the second that quarantine started, literally something like the wires changed in my brain, like the wiring in my brain literally changed. And at first I dealt with it okay. I did start turning in some assignments late because at the time we had this thing where whatever grade we left off with was just what we had and it couldn't go down. Yeah. And I had all A's at that point. So I was like, okay, it's not gonna go down. So I can just do whatever. It's like a free for all, right? So, you know, my productivity was okay, but at that time I was fine. And then as it got deeper and deeper into quarantine, and especially into winter when my junior year started, that's when my mental health especially 
took a complete turn for the worse. And I haven't, like, I talk to this about my friends sometimes, but a lot of people don't really understand, like, the true effects that it had on me. But it was actually a very dark time in my life because I just felt like I knew I had so much on my plate. I knew it was my most important year of high school. I knew I had all these responsibilities, but it was just so hard for me to have the motivation to do it. And I remember I just constantly had this thought in my head, like, why aren't you doing enough? Or like, you're not doing what you used to be doing. I used to spend time studying. I used to spend time doing my homework. But after I would get off of eight hours on the computer to go to school, I had no motivation to stay another three hours on the same computer to do my homework. It just felt like the whole day I was isolated from the rest of the world, just sitting at my desk, like practically rotting in my chair. And for me to go through all of that, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have gone through all that as well. It just made me feel like I really couldn't do work or I really couldn't be productive. And coming out of that experience, I look back and I think to myself, like, there was a lot of self-hatred that was involved in that situation. There were so many times that I thought to myself, like, you let yourself go, like, you used to be so great and now you're not anymore. Or like, how did you let it get this bad? How did you let your grades get this bad? But I try to think back and I just think it was a challenging time for everyone. And it's definitely an unprecedented time. Nobody expected that. Nobody was used to that environment. And for a lot of people, it's just not something that they can handle. And it's okay. And it's human to not want to be productive sometimes and to just want to take a break from everything. That was about to make me cry, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Wow, that hit different. I, yeah, I had a really rough time in December and then in March again. And then it was definitely the idea of, wow, you let yourself go. Um, Even though on paper, it might not seem that way. Um, Mm -hmm. Like in reality, the thoughts that are going on in my head was so dark. And I also lost my pet that year. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it felt extremely lonely because I didn't have a pet. It was just me. And then as an only child, you know, it's, it's literally just me at home. Yeah. Um, so it was really, really tough. Just the thought of doing work, like, you know, the whole idea, if your mental health is not good, you can't do anything good either. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much what happened. You know, I pushed myself so hard during school. And then outside of school, I would just completely crash. And then I would wait until the very last minute to turn things in. I didn't work out for like the entire school year, basically. Right. Yeah. I just got back um, like a few months ago, like one or two months ago. Um, That's when I started being like, okay, you got to get your stuff together. Because if you continue this, you're you're never going to be happy. You're never going to mm-hmm. succeed. You're never going to do the things you actually want to do in your life. Right. And I definitely relate to the physical health part. So I do understand a lot of people focus on the mental health aspects of how quarantine affected them. And of course, it affected me a lot. It affected you a lot. I'm sure it affected a lot of you guys a lot. But think about the fact that we didn't really move around that much the whole quarantine and I know there were some that you know went into quarantine like they were a little bigger or whatever and they lost so much weight during quarantine and they had their glow up and everything that wasn't me you know it was good for them you know and I'm very happy for them but that definitely wasn't me I remember just feeling like 
not only was my mental health falling apart, but like my physical health was falling apart. Yeah. I, I tell you, I still have residual back issues. I still have residual back issues. My back has never been the same. Like it really has. Right. Cause like when you're sitting on the chair, you're like, you're like this. Mm-hmm. You're looking down on your screen. You're looking at your phone. You're typing on the keyboard. <laughs> All of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just felt like I'm sitting at home, practically in solitary confinement, <laughs> and you know, just chained to my to my computer. And like, I don't feel well. My body doesn't feel well. I mentally don't feel well. And I'm just like. how am I going to get out of this dark time and especially it was like winter time so it's like even darker and honestly literally don't you think also like this Christmas didn't even hit that much like I didn't even feel like Christmas was a real thing so it wasn't even that happy for me either and then it was just like work 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 no fun just work just Rihanna's work is playing in the background I know (laughs) and then yeah it was just really hard but I was really glad once the spring and summer came around and I think summer was the time that I tried to like get myself back together and now that I'm back in physical school it is still hard and like it is early mornings and it is going to practice and it's staying out and coming home late but I'm just happy to be you know out and about doing things again like a functioning human being yeah definitely and I think socializing has a huge factor in that too because now that I'm back in school, I've been talking like nonstop to people. And even though occasionally I'm like, okay, I don't even know who to hang out with. But you know, at the end of the day, it's just like, you can at least see your classmates and like, joke with them in class and then like Mm -hmm. make small little conversations. And it's really nice because quarantine, just like you, it's, it's been really, really, really tough. And it's just crazy. The amount of change that can happen within like a short few months and right and I feel like toxic productivity going back to your physical health statement like it's so true because toxic productivity also applies to physical health Mm -hmm. we often have that expectation to always work out and always look our best it's funny because I'm going to release a fitness related episode in a few weeks after yours Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the whole glow up situation, right? Like if you look in the YouTube comments on, I don't know, Chloe Ting's workout or Pamela Reef, you're like, who's expecting to come out of 2021 summer looking like a hot babe? <laughs> like everyone's like, I'm going to glow up and look amazing. And then you stop for one day and you're like, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. And then it continues on and you just stop doing it completely. You feel horrible about yourself and you're like, mm-hmm. why, why did I stop for a day? I should have kept going every single day for working out for at least an hour. Yeah. It definitely feels really trapped in my opinion, because once you get into that mindset, whatever you do feels wrong. So I know if you feel like you're, su- you're supposed to be working out and you don't do it, then you feel bad about yourself, you feel like you're letting yourself go, you feel like you're not making the progress that you could be making. But also for a lot of people who do consistently work out, I feel like it comes from a bad mindset. Like they're so trapped into their routine of like exactly how they eat and exactly how many calories and how much protein and sugar to eat in a day. And like they eat those little grilled chicken and rice and asparagus and they think that's like, you know, all there is to it. And 
don't mind don't get me wrong i do think fitness is very important and i do think being healthy is very important but at the same time i don't think that being healthy is just restricting yourself to specifically what you're allowed to eat and how you're allowed to work out every single day like work out an hour a day i think sometimes being healthy is just doing what your body tells you to do instead of what you know fitness instructors online are are telling you to do or drinking that slim tea that you know oh whatever influencer is selling you <laughs> Like, I don't think that's as important as just listening to your body. And I think, I guess one good thing about quarantine was that because we were all by ourselves, we had to learn how to listen to ourselves. You know, I think part of it is the reason we weren't productive in quarantine is because we were listening to our own selves telling us that we didn't want to be productive. Where when you're out in the regular world without quarantine, it's like, you don't have time to tell yourself that you can't do this. You know, everybody around you is telling you you should be productive. So you just do it out of obligation almost. But when you get that freedom to just do what you want by yourself, I think that's the reason why we changed a lot. And I guess you can see it as a good and a bad thing, just depending on your mindset about it. Definitely. Wow, that was so well said. You brought up such a good point. When we were by ourselves, we were listening to what our body wanted. And that was rest. But then when we're out and about, it's like work, work, work. I feel like at the end of the day, this episode is just about listening to your body, listening to what you want instead of letting other people's opinions get in the way. And also stop giving yourself so much pressure. Give yourself limits. Yeah, um, I was just thinking about a quote that my dad told me once. Um, It's one of my favorite quotes from him. He always says it. I don't know, we kind of have like, sayings that we always say to each other but one of them he told me that has always stuck with me is everything in moderation so that doesn't just mean like good things in moderation or bad things but you know everything should be in moderation so I think when we look at it through the lens of uh you know like being productive yes you can be productive and it is good to do work but it is also good to have rest and in the end of the day what you really want is just to be a balanced person You don't want only rest and, you know, no work because that's not good either. There is toxic productivity, but there's also toxic not doing anything, you know. Toxic laziness. Toxic (laughs) laziness, you're right. Like, I don't think anybody should be out here doing nothing every single day. But at the same time, there can be a balance and there can be, you know, a healthy way to go about things. So, you know, whatever you're doing in life, just make sure that you're doing it in a very balanced and healthy way, making sure that you're keeping in check with every other part of your life. So don't prioritize anything over anything else. Definitely, exactly. Well, actually, I think it's important to understand how to prioritize because that's kind of Mm -hmm. how you can work more efficiently so you can clear up more time to do things you actually like. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I definitely agree with the whole keeping yourself balanced. It's very like yin and yang because that's really all that you have to do. It's just focusing on the good and the bad, how you can balance all of this, and then how you can compromise making time for yourself while you're working for while you're working in school or for an employer. Like you have to understand how to balance all of these factors, which as a teen can be extremely, extremely overwhelming. And That's kind of the time when we go on social media. So you see how this whole entire cycle kind of just how it just repeats itself. So I think with that, at the end of the day, you have to accept what happens. It's just going with the flow and then just like what Ian said, 
keep your balance and understand to give yourself limits, take breaks. Mm -hmm. Once again, taking breaks is okay. <laughs> right. So funny enough, I actually have a story that relates to uh, teenagers and balancing everything. So I have a fellow classmate who I am very close to, and she's a very near and dear friend to me. And um, when she was a freshman slash sophomore, she was not very productive, right? Like her grades were not amazing. They weren't terrible, but they weren't amazing. And she definitely prioritized like her social life over her academic life. And then she had like this big event that happened. Well, actually funny enough, she broke up with her boyfriend. And in the same time, she lost a family member. So it was like a lot for her, right? And it just completely changed her perspective on everything. And um, while there is a lot to get into about that whole subject, the main way that I think it affected her is after that, she started completely pouring everything into her academics, right? So when I tell you, she would spend like 10 hours on the weekend, just like studying a day. Like she would wake up on the weekends, like eat breakfast and then just study the whole weekend. And I don't know if it was almost like a form of escapism for her. Like she just wanted to do it just because she didn't know what else to do. But now, even at this point, she is still like very, very productive. And a lot of my classmates admire her for that. And they say, oh, we're so jealous of how productive you are. Like, we're so jealous of the fact that you spend so much time doing your homework. And like, you have this done early and that done early. And like, how are your college apps already like practically written and this and that. But me knowing her closely, I sometimes get worried for her because she doesn't spend time going out and enjoying her life too. And I think that's important too. Like, sometimes I'll ask her to go out to eat and she's like, no, I need to study. I'm like, but there's not even a test or anything. She's like, but I have things to do. And I just need to understand that that's just the way she is. But I do, of course, want to help her. And I think a lot of you guys might be able to relate to that where you just feel like you have to only be studying. And if you go out, it's almost like a sin, you know, but it's not bad to go out. It's not bad to balance your life. And a negative way that I think it has impacted her that I just saw was recently she didn't get a score that she expected to get on her test. You know, she didn't do that well. And I remember she had this like whole, you know, moment where she was like, why did I work so hard to not do well on the test? And she almost like felt like without her academics, what is she? So when she doesn't do well on her academics or doesn't get that academic validation, she's like, well, then what am I, you know, like, it's almost like her whole value is placed on that. Exactly. Yeah. It's really interesting that you like had a personal experience, or I guess you witnessed someone having going through this experience, because mm -hmm. earlier in an episode about like experiencing burnout, I think it's called gifted kid burnout. That was the episode. Um, I was chatting with the guest Isabella about how like, academics become your entire identity like who you are revolves around school and it plays into toxic productivity and it plays into how much pressure like teens give to themselves now and like in your situation or I guess your friend's situation it's very like driven by a certain situation right and I feel like right. everyone kind of does similarly have that too like even though you might not have lost a family member or not have broken up with your boyfriend but it might be like some other external factors and mm -hmm. that might be the reason why it's driving you to become so extremely productive to the point where you don't know who you are outside of productivity 
what is your like biggest advice or the best way you cope with working too much or burnout? Right. So for all of you guys, especially if you guys are younger, like say freshmen going into high school, or you know, even if you guys are a little bit older too, remember it's not too late. Make sure you join something that does not have to do with school. Like whether it's a sport that you really like or a club of something that you're really interested in, or me personally, I'm in marching band. Those types of things is what I remember high school for. I don't remember sitting in class, writing my essays. I don't remember the times I was sitting at home studying, but the memories that I do hold and really cherish are maybe my memories at competition when I was with all of my band friends or even at practices that I felt were so hard. They were, it was doing something that I did genuinely enjoy. And that's the thing that I hold on to. So at least find one or two things that you really like, or even for me, a big thing that I really love to partake in is just fashion. Like I love to dress up for school and picking outfits is something that I really find important to myself and my identity. So make sure you have an identity outside of school and make sure you join something that encourages you to participate in that identity. Because sometimes we can get lost in school and we forget to do it. But hey, if you have a practice on Monday, you don't really have a choice to not go, right? So almost like Make sure you join things that make it so that you're obligated to partake in activities other than school. Yes, I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Where can my listeners connect with you? So um, my Instagram, which is what I mainly use just to like post myself and everything is Ian Sito. So I-A-N-S-Z-E-T-O, no underscores, no anything. And um that's basically the main one that I use. I do have a TikTok, but I don't use it that often anymore. So that's kind of the main thing that you can find me on. Be sure to follow Study Break's Instagram at the Study Break Podcast. Also, be sure to follow me on your favorite podcast listening app and stay tuned to a new episode every Tuesday. Thank you all so much again for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.